Hey everyone, this is Randy here on the Return on Life podcast. I'm so grateful and excited to share another great guest. We've got Kelly Carlson with us today, and Kelly has done so many amazing things in her short life. Uh, I say short because I'm a little older than Kelly. And, uh, and so we're going to have Kelly share some things about how Return on Life has impacted her business decisions, her life decisions, and so forth. But maybe just share a little bit about uh, where home is, where you work, and uh, a little bit about your real estate career, Kelly. Definitely. Well, first of all, Randy, thank you for having me. Uh, this is my first podcast appearance, so only a little bit nervous, uh, but very grateful for the opportunity for us to chat today. I um, live in Chicago. I grew up in the western suburbs, um, so this area is near and dear to my heart. Um, I live currently in the city selling real estate, um, kind of mixed between the city and suburbs. And yeah, I love Chicago um, this time of year. Like we were talking earlier, it's uh, 80 degrees today. So um, very grateful for a little sunshine. Awesome, man, what a great day, 80 degrees in <laughs> Love that. So share a little bit about um, the journey from going from whatever you were doing, I'll let you share that, into real estate and why real estate? And does that fit into the return on life concept? Absolutely. Um, so I'll take it way back to uh, my high school days. I kind of set out to um, explore architecture in college. So that was, I took every single, you know, pre-engineering, pre-graphics class I could at the time. But I was graduating high school um, kind of in a post-recession world. So I think there was a, you know, some external voices that had said, like, go for something that is stable. So I chose engineering. Um, so I went to engineering school at the University of Illinois. Amazing program was a classmate amongst some really smart people, um, sort of knew kind of midway through that I didn't see the traditional, you know, designer um, route for myself. Um, so kind of started to explore options in business consulting and landed at a big four firm right out of college and um, did that for a few years, worked in management consulting at a smaller firm after that. And um, I think, you know, at a time when a lot of people were reconsidering things in 2020, um, I really started to think more seriously about pursuing my real estate license. Um, I think kind of coming from the place of always having a love for architecture and home and also thinking about, you know, rather than that being throwing my, you know, engineering and business degree away, thinking more about how could I leverage that experience in the client services world, working with big corporations um, to deliver a really elevated home buying or selling experience to clients and getting to work with people in a really intimate and personal way. And that I think kind of ties into the return on life aspect of it um, because it is a very, you know, deeply challenging, but also very rewarding career um, getting to help people in, um, you know, a really, probably their biggest financial undertaking that they will make. Um, so getting to be that advisor and resource to them is um, definitely something I don't take lightly, um, but has been such a joy, honestly, um, ever since getting started. Oh, great, great answer. Great journey. You know, for a lot of our listeners, they may be thinking about real estate because 
we have listeners that aren't in real estate yet, but then there's also the agent that's listening in. And so was there a crucible moment or a moment that, you know, while you're doing the engineering and said, listen, uh, I got to make a shift. This is my chance. This is the time. What was it that, you know, made you make that amazing change? I mean, it's a significant change going from this salary position to, you know, like, where's my next check coming from? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say I've been like this my entire life. My dad will say the same as I'm a pretty decisive person. So once I've, uh, the bug has been implanted, I go full steam ahead, um, right or wrong, because I think there is a lot to think about that, you know, I had to learn as I got my feet wet. Um, but yeah, obviously going from a pretty, comfortable um salaried position to going you know starting from scratch and building my book of business and not having somebody telling me what to do every day and figuring out what does that schedule look like and I think you know getting started in real estate in 2020 was kind of an interesting time because the market was so great and it felt like okay I got this and then you know you start to learn as there's shifts in the market. And I think that's what really makes people really good agents is when they have to, you know, really um, buckle down and, and work really hard. So I'd say at the time when I was kind of thinking about it too, my husband was my fiance at the time, um, but he was in full support of it too. And I think um, sometimes it's easier for the people around us to maybe believe that we can do something than ourselves. Um, so he, I think was definitely a big push to say like, you know what, I think, I think you could really do this. And so kind of with his support and like I said, just being a decisive person, I just said, let's do it. <laughs> uh, that's great. Great. You know, um, real estate is to me anyways, is like almost 90% mindset and 10% tools and resources. I mean, most of what we do is belly to belly. But it's the mindset that we have. And you talk about being decisive. What helps you with the mindset? And, and maybe you talk about your husband, you talk about your dad a little bit. Are these people that influence your decision making and shaped your mind? Or is it from something else? Is it from a book or another mentor, coach or something along the way? What's made you such a decisive person? And how do you maintain that, that, that strong mindset? in the game of rules. Sure. Yes, I completely agree with you that I think it is 90% your mindset because it's a career where there's so much outside of our control. You know, if a home isn't right for somebody, they're they're not going to buy it and they shouldn't buy it and you shouldn't be advising them to. So there's a lot at play that is just one not our decisions, but two outside of our control and it's something I've had I've struggled with in the past is kind of those ups and downs and getting used to that. So I'd say a lot of mindfulness practice has helped me. I'm big into yoga. I got my teacher certification a few years ago, which um, was never really with the intention of teaching, but really more to deepen my own practice. Um, so I'd say that is a big um, part of my life and trying to meditate regularly, reading books on mindset, spirituality. Um, I think things that kind of can take us out of the moment of, you know, the phone blowing up and the multiple, you know, deals going on at once and 
like I said, taking a step back and remembering our role is to, you know, be there for our clients. But I think there is an element of taking yourself out of the heat of the moment in some ways and taking a step back is super important because otherwise I think it becomes all consuming. It's how people burn out is what I'm trying to avoid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this, this podcast is all about return on life. And when I think of that, uh, I think a lot of people will go, Ooh, return on life. That means I get to travel and experience new things. Yeah. You kind of reverse that, right? You did a lot of traveling when you were younger <laughs> before and a lot of people think they, they have to work hard now and, and accumulate in order to get that return on life, whether it be lifestyle, whether travel, whatever it may be. But you did that early on. Tell us about that and how did that shape or is it still shaping many of your decisions? Definitely. Um, so I sort of got the travel bug uh, in college. I studied abroad in Stockholm and Copenhagen. Um, so really found a love for Scandinavian culture. And, you know, while abroad, got to visit a bunch of other countries in Europe. And it's something that my husband and I definitely connected on, um, both of us getting to experience new places in the world. And I think kind of having the mindset of we're young, we don't have kids, we don't have too many responsibilities. So let's use our PTO and our paychecks to go travel and see some really cool places. And I'm so grateful that we have had those experiences um, because it's just, I mean, one with the world shutting down for a few years that put a, a halt on a lot of travel plans, but also as you get older and this is a career where you kind of have to be present. So there is some element of flexibility, but yeah, I, I'm glad we did that. And I think that also is what attracted me to uh, my brokerage, uh, Angle and Volkers, because they are a global firm um, with offices and shops um, all over the world. And it's been fun the times I have traveled to see one of their shops pop up in a cute little resort town in South Toledo, or, um, you know, I'll have friends that send me pictures when they're in Italy. So it's it's been cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And um you know, with that being said, you know, real estate is often, at least it feels like a 24-7. <laughs> you know, we're always kind of on, we always have to be on, at least we think we do. But how do you manage, how do you manage the schedule to make sure that you are putting aside time for your, your special golden doodle in the background or your husband or family or whatever it is? How do you manage that in your schedule and how do you view that? Sure. It's definitely a work in progress, I would say, because I think there are times when we have to be a little bit flexible and, you know, sure, it's it's a business decision. Do you want to say yes to that opportunity or no? So I would say, I mean, from a travel standpoint, the times of year that are generally better is not this time of year, not spring market. So I try to kind of do most of my trips more in those off months, but on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, it's hard to set, you know, rigid schedule that is the same week after week, um, because that's not really how this field works. But I would say scheduling in those breaks, like even before this podcast, took a nice long hour walk. And that was just what I needed in the middle of the day um, before getting back to it. And um, weekends, 
I think one thing that I've realized that I love about this is that being in real estate is that a Monday morning can be as good as a Friday afternoon. It's really just how you view it and how you structure your week. So um, I think I've shifted. It took a while to shift from that mentality of like, I need to be sitting down from eight to five every single day. But then I also have to work uh, Saturday to open houses. And then I've got evening clients. I think that was a mistake at first to feel obligated to be working when everyone else is working, but then having no free time. Um, and I kind of saw those, you know, warning signs of burnout. So I, um, I've definitely gotten more comfortable with taking advantage of the seasonality and the ups and downs. Um, when it is slow, um, I have things kind of running in the background to help with lead generation. And when things are busy, it's, you know, certain things have to fall to the back burner, but overall, I'd say I still try to loop in those things like a meditation practice, a walk, um, and at least reconnecting with friends and family, you know, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Intention is so important. And what you give energy, you get energy from. So uh, if, if return on life is important and you put that as a priority and your intention is to do that, good things will happen out of that. Um, tell me about your vision board. Do you have a vision board? What's on your vision board? Uh, I do not have a vision board. Hmm, I'm no, trying I, to think what should. I, I do not have, have a one board. either. I get this question <laughs> often asked about me, Randy, what's on your vision board? And I said, why would I create a vision board when I have the most powerful vision board right here called my imagination? <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's all okay, up in so my head. So if you had one, what would be on it? You know, I think I, I would love to, um, I think sustainability in this career field. Um, I'm in it for the long haul. So I think that's part of my way I've gone about it, which is trying to, you know, grow organically through, you know, my sphere and then their referrals and focusing on putting value into the consumer. Um, rather than self-promoting as a, you know, way of kind of getting the word out there. Um, I think, yeah, constant, you know, pursuit of the work-life balance. Eventually, we would like to have a family. So I think kind of, it's cool to think about the way that this career um, can evolve in terms of, you know, it has some flexibility, um, but also working to to keep growing, um, but in a way that feels aligned with my values. And I see myself staying in Chicago. That's where my family's from. And they're a big part of my life too. And I think just at the end of the day, feeling at peace and having a sense of contentment. I don't know if that's the right answer for what a vision board should have. Um, if you need more concrete things. <laughs> family, friends, I mean, how do you how do you uh, not create a better vision board than that? Just having uh, greatness within that. Um, so you you've said that you you want to make this a long lasting career in your short period of time. It's been about three years in real estate. What do you see real estate looking like from your perspective? You know, you can ask a, a fellow like me who's been around over thirty years. And I'm going to have my perspective. What's your perspective of what real estate looks like? And how do you think that'll play out for you in the next, let's call it a decade, 10 years? How do you see that? Do you see technology changing it? Do you see it still belly to belly? Is it all sphere and related that way? 
what are your thoughts on that? And um, is it going to be easier, harder, the same? Right. It's interesting to think about the technology piece, especially with the open AI and everything that I think is going to, you know, when used properly can really take care of some of the grunt work and really help elevate um, those of us that are in the real estate industry. Do I think that brokers and agents are going to become obsolete? I don't. Um, I think, you know, from a standpoint of, yeah, somebody that's just opening doors and writing contracts, that can probably be done by technology. But I think the client relationships and the advising that we give to, like I said, help somebody go through what is arguably the biggest financial undertaking they'll make in their lives. I think a human still needs to be there for that. And that is one of the best parts of this role is getting to work one-on-one -on -one with individuals during that exciting time um, that can be really stressful. So I think the technology will be what it will. It will help us in some ways. It might harm in other ways, but um, I think ultimately for those of us that are in it uh, full-time, taking it seriously and really in it to help people and serve are gonna be okay. That's, that's my prediction at least. What is yours? Well, that's a great question. Um... I do believe technology will uh, continue to move forward. And uh, interesting enough, I, I recently uh, interviewed Glenn Sanford, uh, the you know the the founder of EXP Realty, and so he's cutting edge technology. And he says, "Listen, AI is going to be massive in the future, but it will be AI to AI. So consumer has AI, realtor has AI, and the AIs talk to one another and bring." the agent and client together faster or have have a clear understanding of what they both want to accomplish. So that was really an interesting conversation. He also went on to say, I don't know. Does this mean that the agent is going to be less important? Like I really appreciate his honesty because you know, we as agents, we always, well, of course we're going to be needed, but this is our livelihood. And mm -hmm. he just said, listen, lots can change in 10 years. We don't know where it's going, but I think we'll always be needed. There'll always be a trusted source and a computer is trusted, but it's not a trusted source on all things, on all levels, on the emotional right. side of things. So I think we'll always be in need. However, I think there'll be less agents in the future and larger team structures where there's more that is, is in one house giving more value to the client because it's just economy of scale and expertise in one, in one hub versus that hub of expertise broken up in 10 or 20 pieces, it'll be in one piece. That's just some of sure. my... Does anything limit your success or what has possibly limited your success? All mindset. It's all a mindset challenge. I think it's a daily practice um, of getting out of my own way. Hmm. Yeah, it truly is mindset. Um, this is a question I ask often and I hope I don't stump you with it, but um, <laughs> I, I don't think it will, by the way, but our why is so important. And uh, I always find that a lot of people really 
They really don't know their why when they're asked. And if if you want me to help flush that out, I can. But uh, what is your why? Do you have a why that that you live by on a daily basis? I think to put it into a short sentence um, is to be in service mm -hmm. to others. Um, so whether that is in my work, helping clients get to the best possible outcome, um, or in my community involvement, uh, volunteering with a local nonprofit that serves women who are experiencing homelessness in the uptown community. Um, that's been a big, um, you know, part of my adult life in Chicago. Um, and then also in terms of some community events I like to host that are kind of fun ways to connect with people on in ways that I, you know, in activities that I'm passionate about and sort of helps create these organic connections. Um, for example, I hosted a class at Barry's Boot Camp a few weeks ago, and it was just free to whoever could sign up. Space was limited to 20 people, and it was so much fun. It was a Friday night, and I got to see some old friends and also meet, you know, some new people from the area. And it was a way to serve in a no strings attached way. Um, and I think that's ultimately when I feel the most fulfilled is when I am in service and feeling deeply connected to um, the people I'm with and the, you know, work that I'm doing. And that is the moment why we do this. That is yeah. the return on life. When you are giving back and you're bringing value to others without any expectation, that is the true return on life. So I really appreciate that answer. Great answer. Great answer. Oh, thank you for that. Well, is there a principle that you live by daily? I think you just answered that. That's another one of my questions. Mm -hmm. This is kind of an interesting question. If you think of people in your office, people in your life, people that you know, and we kind of tie in this return on life concept to who's the best that you know that is living this out? And it, it could be a fictional character, but it's better if it's somebody that's really in your life. And then why is this person living out that life? So if you could choose to be anybody that's around you and go, man, I wish I could get there someday. Who is that and why? Ooh, that might stump me more than the last question. I can think of a few people for different reasons, I guess. One person professionally that has really had an impact um, is the licensed partner of our brokerage who is, um, her name is Jennifer Ames, um, top producing agent in Chicago. And when I was pursuing my license, um, you know, was kind of reaching out to brokers that were coming up on those top Chicago agent lists and had reached out and she was willing to meet with me before I was even licensed, which was mm. not the case for, uh, understandably, uh, these brokers are very busy, um, but she met with me and we had a really great conversation and, you know, getting to learn more about her background coming from the financial industry and really coming over into residential real estate, but wanting to do it in a way that helped elevate our industry um, because we are in an oversaturated market. That's the reality of it in Chicago, at least. So that really, really resonated with me. And when I did get my license, she agreed to take me on as one of her mentees. So she had kind of a small cohort 
of other individuals who were coming over from different careers, um, but had proven to be successful in what they were doing um, to help jumpstart their career in residential sales. And uh, like I said, she's owns our company. So she runs the brokerage. She also is a top producing agent. So I don't know how she has the time to do all of those things and also mentor a brand new agent um, who, you know, I'm sure made lots of mistakes in my first couple of months on the job. Um, but that is definitely somebody I look up to professionally and just has, you know, a moral compass um, that is on the straight and narrow and really cares about the brokers that are under her wing. So very grateful for that. Wow. Um, There's just not a, enough Jennifers in the world, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. I know it's kind of like the best kept secret. I'm like, how did I wing that? <laughs> feel very lucky. Well, you know, there's there's people that are always open and willing to give, and and that's a rare that is a rare commodity that people are are open and they are always looking to see the best in people. And when you're open, those great people do find you as well. I'm sure she's got some amazing intuitive filters to know people that should be in her world and shouldn't be yeah. in her world. And obviously, <laughs> Kelly you were meant to be in her world. So it's a, it's a testament <laughs> to who you are as well. Let's be honest. I've been in those circles before. And so it's really a testament of who you are. From your perspective, who's the best in the world that you know that does what you do? Ooh. Is that Jennifer? I might kick it back to Jennifer. Yeah, <laughs> she's, I mean, I couldn't have thought of a better person to kind of learned from and I still continue to learn from because she is so active in you know hosting monthly masterminds and running the shop and um you know it's funny I applied for the National Association of Realtors 30 under 30 earlier this year and recently found out um you know that I'd been named a finalist and Jenny basically took it upon herself to blast it out to every single person in the Angle and Volkers network, which is, you know, it's, we're global, but we're really tight knit um, is what I've come to learn um, because the voting uh, that they brought in um, brought me to the final cutoff for 30 under 30, which is super exciting. Uh, but it sort of just speaks to just her taking the reins and, um, really just wanting the best for all of her advisors. Um, so that was kind of a, a very exciting thing that just happened. Um, but it just is one example of how deeply she she cares and she shows up and wow. walks the walk. That's awesome. Hey, how do we vote for you? How do we vote for 30 under 30 for Kelly? It's done. I, I'm in. Oh, done. You're in. Oh, well, yes. congratulations. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Man, we, need, we need some champagne here. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Thank you That's so much. Uh, we're definitely going to put that on our uh, on our podcast. We got uh, 30 under 30 here. That's um, yes. now it's super exciting. Still kind of taking it all in um, to even be have been named a finalist. I was really taken aback um, and humbled. So to be in the final 30 under 30 class of 2023 is um, just beyond what I could have ever expected. Amazing. Congratulations. That's amazing. Well done. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Let's finish this off with a little bit of a speed round. Uh, okay. I'm going to go through some things here. What's your favorite band? 
favorite band. I am a sucker for John Mayer. I love his blues, his regular stuff. Um, he's coming to the United Center in October, so you bet I will be there. Oh, awesome, awesome. What do you do to let your hair down? What do you do when you got nothing going on? You just want to go out. Is it yoga? Is it something else? What do you do with your husband? Yeah, I would say, you know, sometimes we'll go hit up the gym together. Um, but honestly, like a sunny afternoon, just going and finding a local coffee shop, getting a nice cold brew. Um, we live along the riverfront. Um, so there's a nice little park by us. So just walking outside and being in the sun with my dog is just mm -hmm. the best um, after especially like a Saturday afternoon after a double header open house kind of day yeah. nothing better than just laying in the grass <laughs> very simple <laughs> awesome. love it love it uh, return on life there you go do you prefer <laughs> text talk or a phone call depends on the situation. I never like to deliver bad news to a client over text. So that I think needs needs a phone call 100%. Um, but if it's a quick little, you know, update or whatever, text is sometimes easier, um, just given the volume of what comes in in a day. Um, so it depends. You know what but nothing beats stuff? a phone call. <laughs> yeah. What's that? A good compromise, what I've been doing a lot of is is video text. So it's oh. just a 20 second video. So instead of texting it, because text can sometimes get misunderstood, but I'll share what I wanted to share over text in a video and send that. And it's a lot more personable as well. Definitely, because you get the inflection, but also, you know, your nonverbals uh, in a video. So that's, that's something to think about. Maybe think about that. Audible or book? Book. I'm a podcast person, um, so I'll definitely be listening to some more of your episodes, um, but I have to be walking in order to listen to a podcast, and I'd say I use my Kindle to help me fall asleep at night. Uh, cool. And last question. This one's a little bit of, a, uh, of a, a trick question, and I'll go first just to make it easy for you, but if you were a scratch and sniff sticker, so if you were a scratch and sniff sticker, what would you be? And I'll let you think about that. Scratch and sniff sticker. What would you be? I love the ocean, as you can see in the background. I uh, I love to kite surf, be at the beach with my wife, whatever it may be. So a, a scratch and sniff, scratch and sniff sticker for me would be a pina colada with the smell of the ocean. Ooh, that just just transported me to a beach, especially <laughs> with your background. <laughs> All right, I think along the same token. Um, I really love St. Pete Beach, Florida. It's where I grew up going on vacation with my family and my parents have a little condo there. Uh, so I will say um, the smell of that beach with a spicy margarita. Mm. I love good spicy marks. And that's how we get return on. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Just a great interview. Really appreciate you and what you've uh, accomplished 30 under 30 and thanks for sharing all about return on life here on the return on life podcast with uh, kelly and randy thank you thanks randy so nice chatting with you awesome